morning. Welcome to Open Church Sunday Service Online. I'm Pastor Sylvester Lunda, and we want to wish you a happy Pentecost Day. You know, on this day, we remember when God sent the gift of the Holy Spirit on the church. And Chris Khan is coming with the message from God for you. Right now, we want to invite you to join and be part of our worship. We are about just to enter in worship. May you listen and God bless you.
Good morning, Open Church. My name is Chris, and I'm so glad to be with you this Pentecost Sunday. Uh, I know that you are in your homes right now, and the church is scattered, but that's not a bad thing. Uh, God is really doing some special things in this time. Uh, we were just sitting down as a family recently, making a list that some people would maybe say we're, we're crazy for making. But we, we wrote down the COVID-19 blessings. We're not trying in any way to diminish that this is a serious virus and people have died, others have lost loved ones, but we do see the hand of God. He's sovereign, he is unchanging, he is faithful, and even in this time for our family, we've experienced some real blessings. Um, even just the blessing of tight-knit family. Uh, our kids are already homeschooled, so in some ways their day looks the same, but the days start to really bleed into one another when we're going less places. And uh, we've, just, we've just had to be really creative with making mealtimes special and fun and, uh, you know, taking little, little side trips to get the guys out of the house. It's just been a blessing even in disguise. So I hope you also are blessed. I hope your families are doing well. We're just believing that this Pentecost Sunday is uh, just like power was released to the early church that that day when the Holy Spirit came down. We're believing the same thing for open church, but for the church globally, that there would just be like a removal of the lid and that power just comes into uh, to our being again. Not that it ever left, but that we access it to a different degree. Uh, I'm really excited to be alive in these times. This is unprecedented. The world is going through something kind of all together. It's a great leveler. And uh, it's not a bad time to be alive because I really believe that the shaking is a good thing. And so I'm anxious to see what God's planning to do. Just in our small ministry, uh, Orchard, we had, to, we had to close down six of our kids' churches because of the size of those churches. But um, this time has helped us to kind of really narrow our focus onto our smaller discipleship group for young men. And uh, just last week, eight of them got baptized. And so, yeah, we are, we are dancing over what God is doing in the midst of the storm. Uh, and we just believe that this is a good time to be alive. And uh, we, the church, are bearing something that the world needs now more than ever. Maybe they didn't even know they needed Jesus, but people are afraid right now. Uh, people are concerned about finances. There's just a shaking that's been going on. And we have the answer. Jesus is the answer. He still is. And, uh, and so as people soften, I just would urge you to be bolder in your faith and go forward more steps than you've ever gone before to just share his love. Um, Jesus certainly is at work, and none of this surprise, surprises him. This is part of an ongoing plan. There's no even negative thing that comes to our globe that can throw him off his plan. Um, and I, I really believe that, uh, that Pentecost Sunday reveals part of the plan of Jesus to bless the nations even today. So, uh, I heard a pastor recently say that at Christmas, uh, it showed that God is with us. And then on the cross, it showed God is for us. And at Pentecost that morning, it shows that God is in us. We are infilled with the power of God. So I want to read just from John 14 really quick. Uh, this is verse 16 through 20. This is uh, as Jesus is preparing for the cross. It's just during the Last Supper after he's washed his disciples' feet. These are last words 
and usually last words matter the most, and Jesus is explaining the role of the Spirit, and he's revealing part of his plan that we can take heart in today as well. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, strengthener, a standby to be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the word cannot receive, world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him yet or know him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, bereaved and helpless. I will come back to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live with you and you will live also. On that day, when that time comes, you will know for yourselves that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. What a beautiful verse. If you just sit with that for a second, there is a oneness that Jesus is speaking about. And he is saying he's one with the Father, but now he's in us. That means we are in the Father. We are in Jesus. He's in us. We're all one. And there is just this connectedness that creates a power possibility. And, uh, and as Jesus was sharing this, I'm just sure that the room was just pin drop silent because it's hard to understand. God is going to infill me. What does that look like? Jesus was saying, even though physically you're not going to see me, I'm leaving a comforter. And I love that he said that comforter will always be with you. It will never leave. And if you have been feeling in this time, COVID-19, I'm sure part of as bad as the virus in some ways is the fear that has come with it and also the loneliness. You just hear stories in the news from around the world of people just feeling desperately alone. If you have felt like that, read this verse. Jesus is saying, I have not left you an orphan. I have come to you. And this spirit, this spirit that I am sending to fill you is a never leaving, never ending spirit. So we're not to be afraid. We're to live in confident faith. And one of the main things I'd like to share in this message today, if you don't hear a whole lot else, just hear this. We don't have to be afraid anymore. When I was a little boy, uh, my parents got divorced and I had bad dreams after that. And I was always just going to bed without peace. And I would just have to like run into my mom's room and to get close to someone so that I could feel not afraid anymore. And I love that Jesus gets that. And he's saying, I know you're going to face stuff that makes you afraid. I know COVID-19, the words global pandemic sounds like the worst movie ever. And it can be scary times, but he has said, there's a comforter that will never leave you. I know you need someone close and I made a plan for that. So rest in the fact that Jesus has got this. He has a plan and the plan is working whether COVID-19 is there or not. Amen. So don't be afraid, live in confident faith. Uh, so in Acts 2, the, the day of Pentecost finally came. Jesus had told his believers after he ascended back to heaven uh, to go and gather in this upper room and just pray, spend time just seeking him. And, uh, and suddenly this morning, the spirit of God came into the room like a mighty wind. And suddenly they also started to see f tongues of fire on each other's heads and this, this was radical. I love how the message version says it. Like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks. Pentecost is an empowering day. Another thing as I've talked to people who are, who are kind of really reeling because of this uh, lockdown and quarantine, 
they don't feel empowered. They feel like a lot of their rights have been taken away. Their empowerment has been taken. But Pentecost promises us that we are empowered. The Holy Spirit rushed into that room and empowered those people. And there were many of them who maybe were in the prayer room, but I would guess that some of them were cowering and not very empowered. They were kind of like unsure, what's going to happen? Where is this going? Jesus died, he came back, I saw him, and then he left again, and now what? But he's saying the Spirit is coming to empower you. And when the Spirit came, it was evident. Wind came into a closed room. I love the sound of wind in high trees. I can't imagine what that would be like in like a bedroom if it just started whirling and whipping. And then to see friends with tongues of fire lapping on their heads, it would be a definite tilt in my mind of what's possible. But Jesus is saying you're empowered and there's no more cowering, no more waiting. He's saying it's game on. Out there in the world, game on. It's time for my message that has been shared with a few to now explode. It's time for it to go beyond borders. It's time for it to spread beyond cultural barriers that have kept it small. And this is the unlocking point. Pentecost is just a grand unlocking. And I believe that this Pentecost 2020, it's no accident that, that we're quarantined. Much of the world is fully locked down, far more than even we are here in Indola. And I believe it's no accident because I believe that there's a great uncorking about to happen and the pressure that's building up, the good kind of pressure, the power that's going to come out when that cork comes off is just going to be a new wave of revival for the church. And we're all going to get to be alive to experience it. But guess what? It doesn't happen without us being activated. Uh, it's, it's nice to sit and wait. Sometimes Jesus says, pause pause, sit and wait. But other times he's like, it's time to go forward. And right now is not a pause time. I really believe that some people have taken the bait because the enemy's nervous and he's trying to put that seed into people's mind that this is a great pause. Just push pause, stop everything you're doing, stop reading your words, stop going to church. It's, it, there's an excuse for all these things because it's scary out there and you're going to get sick if you do. So just pause. I believe Jesus is saying, no more cowering. This is a time for action. And it's time to go. It's time to stay in the game. And it's time to stick to our guns because the church that Jesus modeled and, and desires is a persevering church. And it's a church of action. And he's a God of action. And he hasn't paused. He's still blessing and healing and miracle working. And we're his hands and feet, so we can't just sit by. This revival that I believe is going to come is going to come through activated Christians believing in faith, what's inside them, and then getting after it in any way they can. That might look like encouraging phone calls for you. That's not a bad thing. It might look like praying for the sick. That's a bold step in this time. But what if God wanted to start this like miracle working power again, like we might have never seen in our own lives or through our own hands? He wants to do some special things, and it's going to take stepping out in boldness. So I'm encouraging you and myself as well, be empowered today because Pentecost empowers us. Uh, I love the idea of this oneness that Jesus is talking about. And the, the picture that kept coming to mind was like an indestructibility. If you are one with Jesus Christ, and when he's saying this, he's about to go to his, to his death on the cross. 
when he's saying, I'm one with the Father and you are in me, so now we're one. He's about to go to the cross. He gets crushed for our sins. And then a couple days later, he overcomes death. And so he has proven to the devil and proven to the doubters and proven to the faithful few and everyone else that he's indestructible. There's no keeping him down. The grave couldn't hold him. Death couldn't defeat him. And all of the enemy's best or worst, whatever, could not press him down. And he is indestructible. And that oneness that we just talked about, if, if he's indestructible, we are indestructible. I'm not saying that we're supposed to be foolish and jump in front of every bullet we see flying or just, you know, even, even in this, um, this time of this virus to, to be foolish. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that at the end of the story, we live forever. And so we can live fearless. We can live bolder. We don't have to be afraid like so many of our neighbors are afraid. I find especially people without Christ are just trembling in this time because they're just saying it's a matter of time before it comes here. And if it comes into this compound, it's going to explode. Well, some of that could be true, but that is stealing their life. That is stealing their moments and that is stealing all their peace. And God did not mean us to live like that. He is saying, be fearless, be bold because you are indestructible. And the end of the story is a good ending. You're going to get paradise, eternity with me. And in between now and then, we're working together on a grand adventure to draw the world to knowledge of the love and saving power of Jesus Christ. So we are to be activated in fearlessness. Uh, let me read real quickly Matthew 16, 18. This is another beautiful, encouraging verse if you need encouragement uh, in this time. And uh, this is, this is uh, Jesus speaking to Peter. But I believe he's speaking it to the whole church. He's saying, I say to you, Peter, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And listen to this. And the gates of hell and death will not overpower it by preventing the resurrection of the Christ. Since the gates of hell couldn't stop the resurrection, the gates of hell can't stop the church. COVID-19 cannot stop the church. The church is something Jesus is, was building then, is continuing to build and it is moving forward, and it can't be stopped by all the devil's worst. You are part of that. There's an indestructibility in you. I think of Iron Man when I think of indestructible. That suit can take anything, and the guy inside is still good to go, and it just takes a licking and keeps on ticking, and that's the church of God, that we are moving forward uh, in an indestructible nature because there's wind and fire in us. The Holy Spirit is alive. He's not dead. It was not just for those guys way back then. The Holy Spirit is available for you. And if you have never received the Holy Spirit, today would be a great day to just say, Holy Spirit, I need more power in my life. I need to bow and receive that wind. I need a refreshing. I need a, a new flame to burn. And I love the idea of flames and wildfire. Because uh, here in Zambia, we know about fire. This time of year, for the next number of months, pretty much everything's on fire everywhere you go. And we've all seen how fire can just uh, change directions suddenly. We've seen fire just get hungry and the bushes dry and it just starts to be this unstoppable, uncontainable power. And I like to imagine that picture of that kind of fire raging inside me. What if my faith... Um, just what if I added my faith to the flame that Jesus put in me? 
What could happen through my life? I want to see that. I want to see Jesus move like that. And I'm praying that for all of us. Um, I believe that Pentecost is also about a posturing. I'm going to read one more verse, Luke uh, 21, 28. There will be signs attesting miracles in the sun and moon and stars. And on the earth, there will be distress and anguish among nations. Does that sound familiar? There's distress and anguish among nations right now. In perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea and the waves, things are going to get weird. Things are going to get scary. Waves are going to look looming. Um, Storms are going to be evident and present. People will faint from fear and expectation of the dreadful things coming on the world, for the very powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with transcendent, overwhelming power, subduing the nations, and with great glory. Amen. Now, when these things begin to occur, you, mine, stand tall, lift up your heads in joy, because suffering ends as your redemption is drawing near. What if we, disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, the church of Jesus on earth today in 2020, what if we weren't afraid anymore and stopped cowering in fear like everyone else around us? What if we postured differently in the midst of the storm? What if we stood up tall in the midst of the chaos? What if we got on our feet and got up? I was thinking about this and I had a memory from when I was 14 years old. Uh, I had just finished grade nine, I think, and we, uh, our youth group in West Texas was taking a trip to California, Southern California. And everyone in West Texas wants to go to Southern California. You're just like, maybe I'll meet a movie star and we'll get married and live happily ever after. I didn't want a movie star. I already had met Heidi. And, uh, but our youth group was very excited to go on this, this big adventure. And there was going to be a four-day youth conference with kids from all over the country. There was going to be team games and competitions. There was going to be uh, worship and fun outreach all throughout the city. And we were staying with uh, in guest homes. People from the church had opened their homes for all the visiting youth to stay. And so on the third or fourth night, one of the last nights of our trip, um, there was a radical earthquake. And it was just in the early morning hours, like 4.30 or 5 in the morning. And California, if you don't know, sits on a fault line called the San Andreas Fault, and they have very frequent, uh, pretty heavy-duty earthquakes. In West Texas, we don't have earthquakes. And so I had never been in an earthquake, and they have some that get way up there on the Richter scale, which is how they measure earthquakes and their power. And this was a 7.4, I believe, and when they get into the sevens, there is damage done. Very frequently, bad things happen if they're that big. So I'm laying in, a, in bed in a strange house, and suddenly the room starts to shake, and it started to sound like there was a locomotive train pulling into the driveway. It just sounded like this churning, groaning, mad sound, and everything is shaking, and I'm in this bed, and I peek out the window, and the neighbor's pool is just swaying, and the water is emptying. It, the whole earth is just shifting. And I freaked out. And you know what I did? I grabbed my blankets like a little boy and I pulled them up to my neck and I just froze. And I stayed there for a second because I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what steps to take. I had not been versed in earthquake what to do's. So then this, the man of the house who was hosting us burst into the room and he says, get up. We're going to a different place. And he took us under uh, one of the 
stronger door jams in the house. And a lot of times people think you're supposed to, uh, you know, just hide under the bed or whatever. And he said that in earthquake zones, you're supposed to stand over a certain door frame because it's one of the structurally most sound bits of the house. And so that's where he took us to this door jam. Anyway, we survived, thank God. Uh, all the youth group got back together and we got out of there as fast as possible the next morning. But I remember that because he came in my room and he said, get up. Even though the shaking was still happening, he said, stand up. And because the shaking was happening, he said, we can't stay where we were. You can't just stay there cowering in bed. And I believe that that memory came to mind for a reason. God is saying to his church, to you this morning, get up. We're going to a different place. We can't stay where we were anymore. We're going to go to a different level. Stand up. Don't cower. Don't bow down in fear like your neighbors are bowing, but stand up. We're going to a new place. We're reminded of the power of Pentecost alive inside of us. That should create great joy. That should create great forward motion. And when you stand up, people look up to see what's going on. And suddenly you find yourself having influence opportunities. I've had such unique opportunities these last two months to share with people that I probably would have never engaged with because of standing in faith and joy in this time of uncertainty. People are like, What's, why, how are you smiling? Why are you laughing this off? You're pretending it's not existing. And I said, no, but my future is already solid. I'm not worried that, uh, that this thing is going to ruin my life. God's not surprised that this is happening in my years. He put me here for such a time as this. And what if the church of God just started to believe we're all Esthers for this generation? Remember, Esther was in a specific place at a specific time to change the trajectory of the nation of Israel. What if we're in Zambia, in Indola, Zambia today, to change the tra trajectory of this nation as a result of the softness of hearts and the fear that is swirling around us, but we're staying strong. We're getting up and going to another place. I believe that's our call today. There's a lot of talk about a new normal, and uh, I believe that there is going to be a new normal, but I want my new normal to be more faith. I want my new normal to be more expectation of miracles. I want my new normal to be more power, and Pentecost promises all these things, and it's not just stories in a book. It's real. And it has lasting effects even today. We just have to activate it with a little bit of faith, a mustard seed of faith. And so let that be your new normal hope. God, when this is all over, but don't just wait till this is all over because that would be pushing pause again. And this is not a time for pause. This is a time for forward motion. Say, today, God, what are you doing? And let me enter into that with you. Again, that might be something like an encouraging phone call. It might be something like delivering food to someone who doesn't have it right now. And it might be a million different things, but motion, forward motion in the name of Jesus and with a little faith is going to release power in our communities. Um, I believe that it's not a familiar thing to be sitting in a room and wind starts whipping, like I just said, and tongues of fire show up on people's heads. But I think Jesus was setting up his church in that first moment to say, this is how things are going to be, and there is a new normal. Because of me and my power, power is the new normal, so expect the unexpected and get on your toes because you m never know what I might do. And I like that. I want to serve a God that is just wildfire. I don't want 
to to know what's coming all the time for the rest of my life, that'll get too old and samey. Jesus is alive and the Spirit is pulsing in us. There is new normals available. He's also asking us to confront comfort. Just this week I was watching uh, a DVD called The Son of God with my, my kids and truth be told it was a little intense for the boys so they didn't make it through much. But one thing that struck me was as Jesus was coming into Jerusalem with his disciples just, uh, just around Palm Sunday before his, um, before his crucifixion, the religious leaders of the day, the people who were in charge of the physical temple, were so afraid that Jesus' um, message of just new change was going to make the Romans so angry that they were going to flatten the temple. They were so afraid of losing what they knew and what was comfortable for them, which was a building, that they could not see the living God right in front of them. And in fact, he prophesied to them, and it made them really way more angry. He said, this, this is going to be rubble, but I'm going to stand forever. And they were just like, who do you think you are? But they were blinded because I believe part of what blinded them was they were holding on to the comfort of that place as a representation of God's presence, and they missed the actual presence of God. Let us not do that. We haven't been able to meet at Lowenthal Theater for months, but that's not us. We are the church. That's a beautiful place to gather and to be in community, but we are the church wherever we are. We're the church in Chifubu. We're the church in Twapia. We're the church all over the place. And let that just be reminded in you because we have to confront comfort. Comfort will is not going to let you stand up when it's shaking all around you. I was comfortable hiding under my blankets when that earthquake came, but I was confronted, and it was better to stand up and get to a new place than stay where I was. And then we're commanded to follow wherever Jesus leads. And trust me, he leads to some crazy, sketchy places, but he's with you. He leads to some uncertain times, but he's with you. These are uncertain times, but he hasn't changed. So if he's with us, we can literally face anything. And that is a truth that you can take to heart because Pentecost made it possible. Jesus said, I'm sending a promised helper. I'm sending one who will never leave your side. And he made good on that promise on Pentecost. And that, since that moment, the Holy Spirit has been in us and been for us and been with us no matter what we face. So we can really follow Jesus wherever he leads one thing, as I prepare to wind down, that I've thought about a few different times this week, and it just gives me so much hope, uh, especially in frustrating times, is this idea of thousands. Uh, I believe that Jesus is at work doing thousands of things behind the scenes that we can't see in the moment, in the physical. Uh, last week, I had a really overwhelming week, and I sat down in my, in my little office at home, and I was just like, under my breath, complaining and just like, ah, this is overwhelming. I don't know what to do. And nobody, no one's here to help me. And I'm just starting to whine. And have you ever done that? Maybe I'm just, I'm weak. But I started, I started whining. And then I saw the back of one of my books. And the, the subtitle of the back of one of my books says, you were made for this. And I was like, God? Are you trying to tell me that even this frustrating, overwhelming week, I was made for this? I've got stuff in me to handle what's being thrown at me. And suddenly something started to build in my spirit. I was like, okay, the belief started to shift. 
And on Pentecost, uh, back to the idea of thousands, on Pentecost, the, the group that was gathered in that room praying suddenly left the room. And as they were speaking in tongues, people from all these nations that had gathered for the festival of weeks started hearing their mother tongue. And they're like, what's going on? Now they had an audience. And then Peter stands up in boldness to preach. And 3,000 people were added to the church that day. I bet they could not have imagined that kind of growth from whatever it was, 40 to 3,000 in moments. Jesus was working in those hearts just like he was sending wind to that room. And there was a combination of faith and God's goodness and his plan coming into action. And the church exploded. Another idea of thousands uh, I remember is in 1 Kings chapter 19. This is when Elijah has had some real highs and now he's on one of his super funky lows. Uh, Jezebel has just threatened to murder him. And he's like this man of God who has seen miracles. And then this lady is able to just get under his skin and shake him to the core. So he takes off running into the desert and runs for days and days and weeks and then ends up in a cave. And he was like me. He started whining. I'm the last true believer. There's no one here to be my friend. And then God says, hey, buddy, what are you doing in here? And he says, I'm the last one. God, you forgot. You forgot. I'm, I was going to need help. And God says, get up from where you are and come out here to the mouth of the cave with me. And look out there. I have 7,000 other believers that you didn't know about. And I like to tell myself when I start feeling overwhelmed or when COVID-19 news starts to just really take my focus and steal peace, I like to tell myself, God is doing 7,000 things that I can't see right now. And he's active in ways that I don't know, but they are for my good and for his purposes and glory in the globe. So remember the idea of thousands. God is doing thousands of things you can't imagine today. Think different thoughts because of Pentecost. Expect miracles because of Pentecost. And act differently. Get up from where you are. Don't be afraid anymore. Stand up. Do that thing that's in your heart because God might have put it there. And as you start to flex that muscle, you're going to find more assurance that he did put it there. And you're going to have more creative ideas. You're not going to be reactive like you were before. You're going to be creative. You're going to be moving with the spirit. And that was the whole plan anyway, that we would move with the spirit and bring the glory of God to earth. And uh, I just want to close with this. Um, this week, uh, Christendom lost an amazing saint, uh, uh, just one of the generals of the kingdom of God on earth, Ravi Zacharias. He was an, uh, an amazing apologist and just an evangelist and went around the world for five decades just sharing the truth of the gospel in super brilliant, loving ways. And he could have hammered this down on people because he was smarter than everyone in the room, but he never did. He just was kind and gentle. He listened. I read a story where he was meeting with the most, um, the highest up cleric or imam in the Muslim church in Syria, uh, which is kind of a radicalized sect. And he was having sit down meetings where there was a lot of listening and he just listened and then he would answer. And then the other guy would ask a question and he would answer and at the end of one of their meetings, this, uh, this imam said, I am going to stop questioning if Jesus died after meeting with you. And I'm going to start questioning why did he die? And that softness, that shift that happened, that was, that was Ravi showing up where God led him. But it was the Holy Spirit working through him. 
that same Holy Spirit is available to you. I love how God used that man, and he wants to use men and women right now in ways that we have not yet been used. Uh, and we're just going to get bold today to step out in different ways. Ravi Zacharias ran a really good race, and in order to run the race that he ran, he needed the Holy Spirit, and we need it. It's not just a good idea if you're hoping to be a missionary. It's not just a good idea in a, in a scary time, but when things are at ease, you can kind of settle back. You need the Holy Spirit every day. I need the Holy Spirit to control my words, my thoughts, my attitudes, my actions. I need the Holy Spirit way all the time. And we all do. And it's available. He's available to us. Um, so just before I pray, uh, I wanted to share something that, that Ravi Zacharias said in one of his final sermons uh, earlier this year at a big passion conference, I think in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he, he had spoken for a half hour on just the goodness of God and the absolute truth uh, of, of the kingdom of God that was uh, represented in Jesus. And then he closed with this. He said, Jesus came and made himself a man to rescue us. He came here to get us. So I would urge you, he was, you could hear his, he was at this point now, he's a grandpa. You could hear the love of a grandfather speaking to his grandkids. And he said, surrender to him, follow him, serve him, live for him, and then take his message wherever you go. In order to surrender, in order to serve, in order to follow, in order to live for Jesus, and in order to take his message where he's calling us to go, especially in times like this, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the oil of God. And I'm going to pray right now that the Holy Spirit will fill you up and fill us all up and that we won't be afraid anymore, that we'll stand up because our kingdom is coming and our God is in us and his plan is being worked to perfection and he's not surprised or scared or any of that. So if you just bow your heads with me, I'd love to pray. Jesus, thank you so much for coming to rescue us. And I just pray that if there's anyone out there listening that has not accepted you, accepted the gift of your salvation, of your coming, of your closeness, your brotherhood, your fatherhood, your nearness, I pray that there would just be a soft moment in their heart, in the room that they're sitting right now, and that you would just whisper to them, let me in and wait to see what I've got for you. And I pray, Jesus, that hearts will be turned to you today. And that new salvations, new souls, new names will be written in the, in the book of eternal life. But I also thank you, Jesus, for sending the Holy Spirit to be our comforter. Because you knew that we were going to face some crazy stuff in this world. We were going to come against a lot of uncertainty. And we were going to need a comforter. We were going to need empowering. And God, you sent us. You had a plan. You sent us the Holy Spirit. Your spirit, your unquenchable power is in us. So God, let our faith come to the level of this understanding today. As we've read this and heard this, let it not be a story to us anymore. Let our faith rise and believe it and let us act differently because of it. I pray, Jesus, you would empower Open Church wherever we are, represented in different communities and households, that we would just live like wildfire, pointing to your kingdom, pointing to your glory, Jesus. And just change Indola and Zambia and work your plan for this nation. We want to see great things happen here. We want to see revival across the world. And we trust that you are already doing it, God. Let us be 
tools in your hand as you accomplish those things. We love you, Jesus. We give you every ounce of the glory, and we are smiling and standing even in the midst of COVID-19 and scary times because you are good and you never change and you're faithful. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. May God richly bless you, church. Thanks for listening to the Word of God. Hope you enjoyed and you were blessed. We want to encourage you to go out there and be a blessing to your community. Uh, if you are interested in giving, tithe and offering or even making donation to the church, please feel free to use the details of bank accounts, MTN mobile money or get in touch with Joanna. We also want to invite you to our prayer team that, has been, that is going on through Zoom uh, different days in a week. Feel free to contact Chioma on the prayer uh, programs that we have. And also, if you are in need of prayer and counseling, feel free to get in touch with me and with Pastor Lina, and we can stand with you and pray, believe God with you. Uh, remember to like and subscribe on our YouTube and on our Facebook page.